is here now. Welcome to the audience. Glad you joined us today. Um, this is not your typical radio talk show. First of all, we only discuss biblical subjects. And second, you in the audience will see all of the panelists. And let me introduce you to Jeff Smeltzer. Jeff? Hello, Drew, and everybody who's watching today. We're glad you're here, Jeff. Jeff is broadcasting from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And Scott, I'm sorry, Exton, Pennsylvania. Scott <laughs> normally broadcasts from, this is live, so we're going to do these things. Uh, Scott, you're down not in Gettysburg today. Where are you at, Scott? I'm in Prattville, Alabama. Glad to have you here, all the way from Prattville, Alabama. And Stephen, Stephen is broadcasting live from Gettysburg. Yes, greetings, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here. And in myself, I'm Drew DeGrado, broadcasting from Holmesdale, Pennsylvania. Let me first take you through some uh, quick housekeeping, um, and then we'll get right into the program. If you're watching via uh, YouTube or uh, Facebook, you don't have the call-in live access to ask us questions. <clears throat> Want to ask us questions, go through the app. You do that by going to BibleQuest.org, click Watch Live, come in, and you'll be in. Um, and you'll be able to ask questions, and you'll see a question and answer uh, button at the very top. Click on that button, and it'll open up the question box and leave it open, and you can just type away any questions you want. Uh, you'll also see whatever um, panelist is speaking. His video will be there in one of the smaller boxes on, on the right, depending on the computer set up. Uh, there is a chat box, but we turn chat box off on the app, the Zoom app, because that it's hard for us to manage and monitor everybody. But I do want to monitor your questions from the um, app, the question and answer box, and please use that box. And you can also choose to send it anonymously if you don't want to put your name in on your uh, question. Now, keep in mind, we can't see any of you but you can see us. Now, with all that out of the way, I want to begin today's program. Our topic today is the Sabbath. Why the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath? When did it come from? Where Where? and what's it all about? Does it apply to us today? And the first time we actually uh, see the word Sabbath in the Scriptures is in Exodus 16. So I'm going to start there and then turn it over to uh, Scott. So in Exodus 16, in verse 22, it says, and this, the background here is that the Lord is giving them instructions about man, the manna that he's going to provide them for food and how it is there to gather it. And he says, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. And so they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and did not, and it did not stink. And there were no worms in it. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. So with that said, Scott, you want to go ahead and give us a uh, your thoughts. All right. Well, let's let's come up to then the Ten Commandments, and we have Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, your son, daughter, male servant, female servant, livestock, or sojourner, 
For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then again in Deuteronomy 5, similar text to in Exodus 20, with the difference that here it says, on it you shall not do any work. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So let's start off with some questions here. Question number one is what? What is the Sabbath? And it was a day to be holy, uh, to be kept holy and rest and not work. And we've already covered that in the readings. So now we come to why. Why don't one of you gentlemen pick up right there? Well, he gives he gives this reason in Exodus chapter 20 uh, that when God created everything, he did it in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested and just might make the observation that doesn't mean God was all worn out. Oh, man, I've been working for six days. I'm tired. I need to take a nap. No, the idea here is that he ceased. You know, you might talk about a ball rolling along a table and it comes to rest or a car, okay. you know, wandering through the fields without a driver and it comes to rest. And that's the idea of the of the word. So on the seventh day, God ceased his work of creation. And then we have another reason in Deuteronomy, which is. Well, that here um, he has them remember the fact that when they were in Egypt, they didn't have rest. They were slaves. But now they're going to get a rest. And really, that's one of the reasons they were crying out to God for deliverance because of the hard burdens that they were under. Uh, and keep in mind, if anybody has a question, uh, please, as, as we're talking, please submit your questions. We want to hear from you. Uh, Stephen, why are we talking now about who? Who was told to keep the Sabbath? Well, again, looking at that passage in Deuteronomy 5, is it was specifically given to the nation of Israel. Um, in the Old Testament, God did things a bit differently than he does in the New Testament. He had chosen a specific people through Abraham. And when the law of Moses is given, uh, this is true of the Sabbath. This is also true of all those other uh, commands about the sacrifices and worshiping in Jerusalem and all those things, um, is that uh, it's given to this nation's physical nation of people, uh, the Israelite nation. And so this so far should be pretty clear and, and pretty simple. Uh, the Pharisees kind of complicated it with their uh, misperception of things. They sometimes made it more of a burden than a day of rest. And Jesus yeah. would say, you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. But a lot of the confusion today comes from this question. Yeah. So which day is the Sabbath? Yeah, you have so many people who think that they go to church on Sunday on the Sabbath. They, they think of this as Sunday as the Sabbath day. Yeah, and sometimes you'll see that referenced in movies as well. One of, one of my favorite movies is Chariots of Fire, a uh, running movie. Yeah. Uh, but one of the quotes from that movie is, uh, you know, the Sabbath's not a day for playing football, is it, lad? Oh, that's right. Yeah. He yeah. did that accent quite well. That was very good. That was very good. So, but – in the movie, it's presented that it's talking about Sunday, the day of worship, um, but then he refers to it as the Sabbath, and that he shouldn't be playing football or soccer on on the Sabbath day. And so there's that misconception um, that's spread a good bit, sometimes in, in movies and things like that. And, and for what it's worth, it, it's interesting that in the New Testament, when we talk about Christians worshiping, when the disciples came together on the, what our translation says, the first day of the week, 
we conflate that with the Sabbath, but the language of the New Testament actually makes a very clear distinction between that day and the Sabbath day. Literally, what it's saying is the first day from the Sabbath. So there was the Jewish Sabbath on the seventh day, and then the first day thereafter, the disciples, the Christians would come together. Yeah. And so um, you see in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 5, again, six days shalt thou labor, but it is the seventh that is a Sabbath. And you shall not do any work, you nor your son, your daughter, nor your maidservant. Um, God rested on the seventh day. Uh, and we see that continued in the New Testament. Um, and this question is Sunday, the Sabbath. Um, I think it's Matthew 28. Um, I don't know if this is on your next slide. Yeah. So Matthew 28, I, I don't know if it gets any clearer than these passages in the New Testament in distinguishing the Sabbath from Sunday. Matthew 28, 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, and it's talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Mark 16, same thing. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, very early on the first day of the week, that's when the woman come to the tomb. And Luke 23 into 24, uh, on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came unto the tomb. And, and just to kind of reiterate, in each of those passages where you have the expression first day of the week, it's the first day from the Sabbath. So after the Sabbath, on the first day from the Sabbath, Jesus is raised from the dead. Hey, Jeff, it sounds like you're, you're mentioning that it's not you're talking about this at another time about the week. Yeah. Day of the week. And that we, we think of it today that the week has seven days and we live by it across the whole globe. Right. Weren't you saying something about that? That wasn't the case then? Yeah. So when we have those words week in our translations, we get the idea that that idea of a seven day week was already a worldwide conception, but it really wasn't the, our week comes from, the, the, the Jewish law, the Old Testament law, designating a seventh-day Sabbath. And so the Jews divided up their, their time, their calendar, into periods of seven days, and they counted you know, so many days from the, the uh, Sabbath day. And they had the concept of a week in a sense. They used the word Sabbath both for the seventh day and then for the seven-day cycle, so that in Luke 18 you have the Pharisees saying, I fast twice of a Sabbath. And he's talking about two times in a Sabbath cycle, you might say, or in a week. But the rest of the world didn't have that concept of a seven-day week. Um, and so really, that's the influence of Christianity uh, that gives us that concept. Yeah, that was really fascinating to me when we were talking about that this morning in our pre-show prep. And I hadn't realized we kind of take the week for granted um, but that that kind of arose out of these laws that God gave to Israel as a nation. Mm -hmm. and even when he gave those laws, starting in Exodus 16, like we were talking about this morning, he has to kind of explain, OK, uh, you know, on this counts six days and then on the seventh one, every seven, you're going to rest. And that was the concept of the Sabbath. And that's kind of worked its way into the con our concept of the week now. Mm -hmm. So somebody listening might be thinking, well, you guys have shown that Sunday is not the Sabbath. You showed that, that was clear in the scriptures there. And you've shown that it was they were commanded to keep the Sabbath. So should we should Christians today, should we be keeping the Sabbath? Should should Saturday be a day of worship for us today? So what about that? Are Christians commanded to keep the Sabbath? 
Oh, well, where do you want to start? I mean, you know, Paul talks about the Sabbath in Colossians chapter two as being among those things. We're no longer to judge one another like we don't judge one another in meat or drink, according to the old dietary rules of the law of Moses. Uh, similarly, we don't judge one another based on the, the Sabbath. And he's talking about the seventh day Sabbath there. Uh, let Jeff, let me bounce this back to you. Um, the the first time we, we we read about the term the word Sabbath was in Exodus as we yeah. read it. Uh, Moses wrote Exodus, right? Um, there's no mention of the Sabbath or the celebration of the Sabbath prior to Moses, and we're talking right. we're talking what thousands of years from the time when the Lord did rest on the seventh day. And so sometimes I've heard it say that well because the Lord did that He instituted the Sabbath celebration or the Sabbath holiness of the day from then and that man is to worship that worship him on that day exclusively yeah yeah the sabbath concept is not just kind of an an arbitrary little thing that god just stuck in for a few for a period of time during the law of moses but scott i think you're going to talk about how really this sabbath law that he gave the jews was part of an overall plan that god has in mind not necessarily keeping the seventh day observance but the idea of a seven of a rest that God's people have. Yeah, if I, I'm traveling a little trouble here getting this screen up, but uh, oh yeah, there it is. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, on this here we see this passage that Jeff mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, it should be there. Yeah, Colossians two. Paul has just talked about how the ordinances of, of the old covenant had been nailed to the cross. And then he draws this conclusion, Colossians 2, therefore, as Jeff read a few minutes ago, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food. For instance, can we eat pork today? Yes. Uh, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come. And that idea of shadow, just watch it as we see this here. We had in the beginning, God created the, the world, life, everything. And then what did he do? He rested. Then as he read to us. They collect the manna, and then they are to rest. In the Ten Commandments, they are to work six days and then rest. And then they're leaving this land of slavery and going into a land of rest. Psalm 95 talks about that the Lord swearing his wrath for that first generation that was rebellious. You won't enter into my rest. And then when Jesus comes, beautiful passage in Matthew 11, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. Rest. There's a song. I really like this one line in the song. It says, oh, ye that are weary of sin. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of pain and anxiety and, and trouble in life and sin, and Jesus is offering us a way out. He says, I will give you rest. And then you have what in Revelation chapter 14, uh, verse 11. Here it's talking about the faithful and the unfaithful. And it says in verse 11 of the unfaithful, they have no rest day and night. And yet we have in verse 14, uh, no, not verse 14, excuse me, verse 13. I've got the wrong verse there, people, sorry. Verse 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, says the Spirit, they may rest from their labors. So all these ideas are, are interrelated. God, from the very beginning, had a plan in mind of giving his people a rest, a cessation from their toil with sin, 
Uh, and he, he, first of all, illustrates that in the creation. He, he encodes it into the law of Moses in the weekly Sabbath day that the Jews observed. The idea of the Israelites marching through the wilderness on the way to a rest that they would arrive at. And then, of course, the rest that we have ultimately in Jesus. God, you did some work years ago on Hebrews chapter 4, where in Hebrews chapter 3, the writer goes back and talks about the Israelites who didn't make it to their rest because of their unbelief. And then the writer in chapter 4 says, there's still a rest for us. And it's clear that Old Testament promised land rest for the Israelites foreshadows the rest for us. He says, let's learn the lesson. Let's not make the mistake they did, lest we don't enter into our rest. Right, right. Let let me just ask uh, for new people that came in in the audience, uh, just open up your question and answer box by clicking the little button at the top. Q&A, and then type in your questions, and uh, we'll, we'll get to your questions. Yeah. The show. And, and sometimes I think as we're talking about this principle, because we see it from the beginning, some people think, oh, well, uh, you know, they were observing the Sabbath through all these years until it's made part of the law of Moses, and then it's true for the law of Moses, but now we should continue today. I think it's just interesting to think about and remember that like Scott, you just mentioned in this picture of rest is they were given this day that they weren't to work. Uh, and that's being given at a time when they've spent the last 400 years in slavery. I, mean, I don't think the Egyptians. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of rest there. That's right. Yeah. And so there's this picture of deliverance. There's this picture of rest. And that, that uh, was not something they had been observing up to that point. They couldn't have. Yeah. Uh, now they've been given this deliverance, and that was to continue for their nation. And and I think you may have just mentioned it, but it's in Deuteronomy 5 where the Ten Commandments are reiterated, and it talks about keeping the Sabbath. It reminds them uh, that they were slaves in Egypt, so now they're going to get a rest. You know, the thought just occurs to me, we know, we know more need to keep the seventh day rest of the Old Testament than we need to go to the promised land, the land of Canaan, over there in the Middle East to get a rest. Right. Both right. of those things were foreshadowing the rest that is ultimately for God's people in Jesus in eternal in eternity. And the Hebrew author in Hebrews four, he's pointing out that that's Psalm ninety five where it said, you know, I said to your fathers that they will not enter into my rest. That's written by, you know, David hundreds of years later. When that's written, they've been in the land for a long time, and yet there's just still this right. warning, don't be like them that didn't get to go into the rest. And some people will look at Hebrews 4 and trying to say we should still be in the Sabbath today. They'll say, oh, it says right there, there remains a Sabbath. The point here is not what you have remains. The point here was there's something that remains to be had, Yeah, this yeah. great eternal rest yeah. down there. Yeah. Exactly. It sounds like to me, guys, what we're saying, what you guys are saying is that there's more emphasis on the rest part of this concept, Sabbath, than it is on a particular day to do something. Now, the Sabbath was extremely important, but it was, as Colossians 2 said, a shadow of the things to come. It's part of this bigger picture. You know, we, I may get into the weeds a little bit here, and anybody feel free to tell me to be quiet if you think I'm getting in the weeds too much, too much here. But <laughs> okay. have you ever heard anybody argue in Colossians 2 when, when we cite this passage that you've got on screen here um, 
they say, well, that's not talking about the seventh day Sabbath because oh, right. the, the, it's plural. And there are a lot of Sabbath days in the Old Testament. And, and some of those are like the seventh year is a Sabbath and, and that sort of thing. The, the Day of Atonement is a Sabbath. And so they're saying uh, that Paul only means that the, the part of the law that no longer is applicable to everybody, not that it ever was, but what's not binding today, they say, is just those other Sabbaths, but the Seventh-day Sabbath is still required. Have you heard people make that argument? Oh, yes, yes. So the thing that is interesting to me is in the Old Testament, there are four or five places where there's kind of a list of the different um, uh, liturgies or the different ho- holy days in order, either from most frequent to least frequent or least frequent to most frequent. So in First Chronicles 23 and verse 31, it mentions the burnt offerings daily, the Sabbaths weekly, the new moons monthly, and the fixed festivals, which are yearly. And then you come to Second Chronicles chapter 2 and verse Four, and it mentions the burnt offerings morning and evening, that's daily, the Sabbaths, that's weekly, the new moons, that's monthly, and the appointed feasts, that's yearly. And then you come to Second Chronicles chapter 8 and verse 13, and it mentions the Sabbaths, that's daily, the new moons, that's monthly, and the three annual feasts, and that's yearly. And then you come to Second Chronicles chapter 31 and verse 3, it mentions the morning and evening burnt offerings, and that's daily, and the and the Sabbaths, that's weekly, and the new moons, that's monthly, and the fixed festivals, and that's yearly. And there's also a passage in Nehemiah chapter 10, and I believe it's verse 33, does the same thing. Now, we go to Colossians chapter 2, and you've got kind of the abridged version of the passage, so I'm going to turn in my Bible to it. And in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16, listen to it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a feast day, there'd be your annual or a new moon, there would be your monthly, or a Sabbath day, that's your weekly. So he does the same kind of thing that we see in the old. Right. I think it makes it clear. He's not right. talking about the seven-year Sabbath or the once-a-year Sabbath or anything. He's talking about the weekly Sabbath. Yeah. I think another thing is we just think about that is, is he doesn't go into all the details there. I think you've made a powerful argument for uh, why this is that way that they were mentioned in that way in the old Testament. But it's interesting to me sometimes the confusion that often happens between the old Testament and the new Testament. And I I see lots of people clamoring to hold on to the Sabbath day. Uh, I think we see lots of people clamoring to hold on to instrumental music. Maybe it's something we can talk about in another study sometime, but um, we don't, I don't see a lot of people clamoring for animal sacrifices or some of the other ritualistic things of the Old Testament. And it's the kind of thing that when we have, I think, a proper understanding of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the old law, the law of Moses was given just for the nation of the Jews, that it all kind of it's a package deal. It all kind of goes together. And if we're going to fight, oh, no, we have to keep the Sabbath. Well, what about all these other things that the law says? Uh, are we wanting to keep all those as well? And it all kind of it's a package deal. Now, let me throw out a question here. And you guys tell me what you think. So in the Old Testament, one thing's about the Sabbath. It, like the Levitical, like the priesthood, like circumcision, is spoken of as being uh, an eternal covenant forever, that kind of thing. Um, would you would you say there's a sense in which it is in in as much as it is pointing to the ultimate Sabbath of God, kind of like circumcision is pointing to the circumcision of the heart? Or would you would you deal with that some other way? 
No, I think you're making a very good analogy there. What do you think? The, the whole thing is about the ultimate rest, i.e. heaven. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, Scott, what are your thoughts? I'm stuck trying to get the charts fixed. I thought I was off screen, but I was. <laughs> so I'm in recovery mode. <laughs> All right. Get something back up. No, I, I think that's the right idea, Jeff, is there's two extremes of thought on the old law. The one is that, well, we have to keep it. We have to do all these different things and, or we have to keep parts of it at least and try to figure out which parts. And the other is we just discard it. We don't learn the lessons from it. Um, but God was teaching his people things about himself and the way that he works. Yeah. And, and like we've already mentioned, some of those things were rooted in. And things that predated the law, like creation uh, and those things, the, the, the liberation from slavery and all that. And so I do think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from the Sabbath day. One, of course, as we've already mentioned, is the looking forward, the hope that the Christian should have of this rest, uh, that we're, we're tired now, we're hurting now. There's problems of sin and decay and the, the curse and everything. And we're looking forward to, to, to freedom from those things. And, and that and that should really give us a, a, a hope. The idea we know that we struggle with temptation. We struggle with sin in this life and we need to fight that battle. And, and we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But it, it's a struggle. But we are going to be, as Paul says in Galatians 1, 4, delivered out of this present evil world and and arrive at a destination where we can cease from that struggle. Yeah, that power. I think that's really powerful because we just get so tired sometimes, you know, um, life wears us down and it's easy. Sometimes even pe- people myself at sometimes or others that I've talked with, you just you're just kind of ready to just give it a rest. And, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I just think it's, it's a beautiful thing that we have that reminder uh, one other practical application, though, I think even just for now, as we've already established, the Christian is not to keep the Sabbath day in the same way they were. You can work on a Saturday. That's an OK thing. But there is a principle there of just taking time out from your work, taking time out from the constant busyness of our daily yeah. lives to worship God and to focus and to rest. And, and yeah. God wants us not to just be so frantic in every area of our life that we just never slow down to think about him and to take that time for even our families as well. Just to focus on those really important things that sometimes our busy lives just is too much noise. We we, uh, can't focus on God. So that Sabbath principle, I think, is still applicable in that way for us. That's why I call it the noise of life, right? (laughs) Let's hit this real quickly here uh, because we're coming up on toward the end of the program. And if somebody's thinking, well, then, okay, so it's not Saturday. It's it's Sunday, but Sunday's not the Sabbath. When we look at the New Testament, what do we see about the first day of the week? In the first place, it's interesting. You cannot find in the New Testament the expression second day of the week, third day of the week, fourth day of the week. But you have first day of the week used a lot. And of course, it's primarily at first in every gospel ends with what? The empty tomb being found on the first day of the week. This day, Jesus appears to the apostles on two first days of the week. And then you have in Acts 2, it's the day of Pentecost, which if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll find out it was a day after a certain Sabbath the next day. So it would have been a Sunday. First Corinthians 16, what day did Paul tell the, the Christians there at Corinth to, to lay by in store for the needy saints on the first day of the week? Acts 20, verse 7, when did they gather for the Lord's Supper? On the 
first day of the week in Revelation 1.10, the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Now, none of these say that you couldn't do any work. For instance, in Acts 20, they were meeting at night, probably because a lot of the people, slaves and other people, were at work. Right. So people, they're not doing this because this is a day their animals can't do any labor. <laughs> they're doing this because this is the day Jesus rose from the dead. Right, right. Yeah, which is a reminder of our deliverance. I mean, I, that's the day that the power of death was broken and, uh, you know, Jesus rises from the dead. And uh, like the Israelites were released from slavery, uh, we're released from our slavery to sin, figuratively speaking, uh, in the resurrection of Jesus, his triumph of sin and death. And so in that sense, uh, Christians come together on the first day of the week celebrating our deliverance in a similar principle yeah. the way they celebrated their deliverance on Saturday. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. We, have we, still a have, we have about a minute passport. left. We had no questions from the audience, which I find unusual. Last week we did. We had quite a few. Uh, there's still time. Put a question. No one else will see your question. And just text, type it in that uh, Q&A box and oh. comment or question. Let's do mention real quickly. We had something about Luke chapter 17 last week that we noticed a question came in or a comment or something right at the end of the program. And we were going to try to get back to that this week, but we weren't sure what the question pertained to in Luke chapter 17. So if whoever uh, submitted that is watching and you want to resubmit that, we can try to get to that next week. Yeah, we did look at it, uh, trying to trying to anticipate what that question was, but the, it wasn't clear. It just was a reference to that. Did we consider Luke 17? So, yeah, if you're if you're in the audience and you asked that question last week, ask it again a little bit more clear, and we'll we'll get to it next week. Scott, what is the topic for next week? Did we actually lock that down yet? Oh, that's right. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We're going to be talking about Romans one. Uh, I went brain dead there for a minute, and. Uh, <laughs> What's our problem? And Romans one is going to tell us about it. Yeah. What, what's you our look yeah. at us right now and say, yeah, I have some other problems too. But, uh, <laughs> next week we'll be talking about the problem that we have that's outlined in Romans chapter one. All right, man's yeah. state of affairs. What is our problem? Okay. Um, so we just come up to two thirty. We really want to. Th- I want to thank you guys for your input on all of this. And um, I think I looked good today. <laughs> better than usual. <laughs> yeah, this is the best I've looked. Just, yeah, Scott, you do look good today. Yeah, and I'm I apologize. I didn't mention that why we're not black seeing. Black screen and white letters, a lot cleaner. Yeah, well, I, well, the reason we don't see Scott is because he's broadcasting out from down in Alabama. He's down there uh, preaching on a, on a gospel meeting down there, right, Scott? Yeah, and my, I, I didn't bring my camera with me. so. And you didn't bring your, your uh, 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 camera to put onto your laptop. So that's okay. We'll let it go. But we did hear you. We saw your slides. Well, I think we can wrap it up for today. Gentlemen, any other thoughts or questions? See you next week. Yeah, thanks to everybody. Looking for forward to it. Uh, everybody in the audience, thank you for joining us. I hope you come back again next week at 2 p.m. And please share this link, BibleQuest.org, with your friends and um, help us to grow the audience and get more information and more feedback. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone. Enjoy thank the rest of Bye-bye.